So there comes a point in every business where we physically cannot manage everything ourselves anymore. We need to hire somebody to either fulfill our service, to send out our products, to manage our sales process, whatever that may be within your business, depending on what you're actually doing, there comes a point where you physically cannot do things yourself anymore. And so we need to identify that need within the business. But a crucial mistake I see many business owners make is they hire too early before there is actually a need to hire somebody. They hire based on laziness or based on their lack of desire to be working themselves, okay? They try and pacify their business before they are actually in a position where the revenue can sustain that kind of a model. And so you need to assess before you even think about hiring within your business, is there a hiring need? Where am I feeling pain within my company right now? And if I hire somebody, will it fill that pain? Will it fill that void and help me to proceed on scaling this business to new heights? For example, in my social media marketing agency, the Affluent Agency, there came a point where I was outreaching so many businesses and signing up so many new clients that I could no longer physically fulfill the service myself whilst maintaining our sales process. And so my sales started taking a hit and therefore I was in a dangerous position where my pipeline wasn't remaining full. So I needed to hire somebody who could actually begin to fulfill elements of my service that were time consuming for me. I felt the pain and then I filled it with a band-aid, okay? Step number two, writing the job description. So we've established that there is a position that we need to fill. Let's say we're an ads agency and we need to hire somebody who can fulfill our ad service for us. Well, we need to write that job description. Well, the first thing we need to do is actually assess what we are doing whilst we are fulfilling that role ourselves. What is it that we are doing on the day-to-day to actually fulfill whatever role it is we are hiring for? So spend the day almost mirroring yourself and as you are working, write down all of the things you are actually doing. Write down all of the tasks you are fulfilling and try and get an idea of the time it is taking you to actually fulfill them as well. Now I'd recommend using a tool like Time Doctor, which is a time tracking tool, which will enable you to actually manually input when you're working on different tasks throughout your day. And in doing that, you will very quickly get an idea of what the role you are hiring for actually entails and how long it should typically take somebody to fulfill that role. Because it's all well and good hiring a new person and telling them, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to send emails, you need to run some ads. But actually, you don't know whether that person's gonna be working at their full capacity if you don't assess what your capacity is through you fulfilling the role yourself. So document that entire process. And then when you write the description, the task list is way more accurate. Now, it's also very important when we're writing a job description that we include elements of our company culture. Let the applicant know exactly who we are looking for. Now, for me, it is very important, and I'll come on to this later on, that we at the Affluent Agency hire based on personality and not based on skill. Skills can be taught, personality cannot. People who work with us need to be a solid culture fit. We make it clear that we're only looking for people that are self-motivated, that are disciplined, that are driven. And these are all things you want to include in your job description. So when your potential applicants are actually looking at that description, they can be mentally ticking through whether they are the correct person and whether or not they should actually apply. Okay, so step number three, advertise the position. Now, there are a number of different ways, a number of different resources that you can use to actually put out a job application. I personally use a website called Typeform to create a very simple application form and I'm then posted across our personal brand and I will also share that on LinkedIn, okay? 
Now, you could do the exact same thing, create an application if you have a bit of an organic following, or as an alternative, you could use a job hunting website in your local area, or you could even use LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is, of course, a business-based social media platform, but it has an incredible hiring system built within it. I've used it many times myself and had a lot of success. You simply put your job description, your title, but how much you're willing to subsidize someone, and you can run ads on that job post. So LinkedIn will distribute it as an ad. That's what I would recommend you doing and putting a budget of around five to 10 pounds per day. Over the course of a week, you're gonna get a lot of applications to whatever role you are advertising for. Cool, step four, actually reviewing those applications. So we're getting some applications coming through. We're trying to decipher who is it we're looking for, okay? How can we actually find the correct kind of person? Well, the first thing that we do when we are reviewing new applications for a new role, let's say we've got hundreds of applications, we will go through and we will delete all of the lazy ones. Anyone with one word answers or somebody that hasn't even put in the effort to fill in the entire form, we will get rid of straight away. We won't even bother reviewing the application. Because if you're applying for a new role, this is the time where you should be investing the effort. And if you cannot even make the effort when applying for a new job, that's a reflection of your character. What kind of effort are you gonna put in if you actually get the job? It's just not even worth considering. Now, a quick bonus for you, something that you should put in your actual application job post. A question that we always ask is, why do you think you're a good fit for affluent.co or your company name? Why do you think you're a good fit for our company? Now, this is a great question for you to add to your application, which is gonna give you pretty much all the information you need as to whether or not this person is gonna be a good culture fit or not before you actually speak to them. And this is also a great way for you to be able to review your applications very quickly because lazy people will fill in that question very lazily and you can just delete them and move on to the people that have actually filled it in with at least a couple of sentences or a couple of paragraphs as to why they think they are a good fit. So make sure you add that question in your job application. Okay, so moving on, step number five is the initial screening process. So I've got some applications through, okay? We've deleted all of the poor ones. We're starting to look at them. Some of them are gonna be calling out to us. Follow your gut on these. You're gonna be looking through these applications. Some people will just call out to you. We wanna go through an initial screening process, okay? So we wanna look through those applications more rigorously and start assessing their experience and start assessing whether or not we deem them to be a good culture fit based on how they have actually filled in our application. Because what we're gonna try and do here is we're gonna actually build together a list of maybe five or 10 applicants, depending on how many people have applied for your role and depending on how large this role and how integral this role is to your company. But if you aim for between five and 10 applicants that you are gonna take through a screening process, people that you are gonna choose as your shortlist, okay? And these are people that you're gonna consider for an interview, okay? So you wanna be really rigorous with the way you are analyzing their application and their past experience and their CV, okay? To assess whether or not they would be a good fit for your company. Because we do not want to be interviewing 10, 20, 30 different people. Ideally, we wanna be interviewing five strong candidates for any role that we are hiring for. If you're struggling here and you've got a lot of people that you're kind of umming and ahhing between, you could even send out a question to all of your top applications. A question that I like to ask sometimes when I'm stuck on hiring is, what are your goals for the future? Okay, and you can really assess from someone whether or not they're gonna be a good culture fit for you based on that question and whether or not they're just looking to jump onto your job and move on to the next and build up their career or whether they actually have the passion and determination to stay within your company and build through your startup, okay? So 
great question to ask. Try and get down to five people for an interview. So the next step, of course, number six, is the main interview itself. Now, what we don't have time for today is to go through our entire interview process. That's something we could reserve for a future video. And if you're interested, that's included in our agency training program, the Affluent Academy, there's a link in the description. But one thing that is very, very important for any interview uh, is that we have a diversity across questions and we are asking tactical questions. And as business owners, we are very prepared for this interview itself. We want to leave that interview having all of the tools we need, having all of the questions answered that we need to have answered to tell us whether or not that person is going to be a good fit for our role. Okay. Now, I like to segment this out into three different areas. Okay. Right at the start of the interview, I like to have a bit of small talk. Okay. I want to get an idea of the kind of rapport I can build with this person. I want to really establish do I see myself getting along with this person? I like to build a friendship with all of the people that we work with, okay? Because I think that builds a nice culture within your company. And so I want to establish, this is the kind of person I could go and have a beer with. Is this the kind of person that I can see myself chatting to on the weekend outside of work-based stuff? So we're going to build a bit of rapport. And the second round of questions are skill-based questions. We want to establish whether or not they actually can fulfill the role that we're asking them to fulfill. So we're going to ask them on their previous experience. We're going to ask them about their strengths and their weaknesses. And we're just really going to establish whether or not they can actually fulfill the role they're applying for. And number three, this is going to be culture-based questions. We want to ask them about their goals for the future. We want to ask them about where they see themselves in five years. We're going to ask them what they're passionate about, what actually makes them click. We're trying to establish here, are they a good culture fit? Do they align with our goals as a business? Okay, are they going to stay with us for a number of years? Can they be nurtured and can they grow with us as a company and become an asset rather than somebody that's just going to join us, learn from us and leave us in the future? So that is the main interview. You want to aim for your interviews to be a maximum of 15, 20 minutes. Really don't drag these out. You can always have two stage interviews if this is quite a complex role. I prefer to keep it a one-stage interview and then assess the, the, the applications from there uh, because I do believe that you really can get a good feel for someone based on one meeting. And you've got to also remember that this person is going to be on their best behavior when they're on this call, okay? They're going to be on their top form, or at least they should be. Some people will be nervous, of course, and you'll be able to create leniencies for people who are extra nervous in that position. But the majority of people are going to be playing their A game, okay? And they're going to become prepared. So at least they should do. Everybody who's applying for a role needs to come prepared. They don't know about your company. When you ask them, okay, what do you know about us and what we do? If they really are kind of fumbling for an answer, big red flag, absolute no-go, okay? So just ensure they're prepared by asking tactical questions. So that's the main interview. Now, the majority of you are going to be hosting these interviews via Zoom. I would always recommend doing a Zoom interview. If you have a physical office, you could have that person physically visit you. Uh, but I like Zoom because we can record Zoom calls very, very easily. And when we record Zoom calls, we can watch them back, we can assess them, and we can write notes on them. Okay, And then we can dwell, and it makes our decision-making process a lot easier because we can look at these situations subjectively. Okay, Because when we're in a position where we're actually speaking to someone, it's very easy to have the situation manipulated by our emotions in the present. And having a recording enables us to be able to take a step back and revisit that interview at a later date with a fresher mind. Okay, And we can write notes based on our findings on watching that back. That's the main interview. Step seven is the decision. So at this stage, you will already have a good idea of all the things you need to consider when deciding whether or not someone is a good fit for you. But I want to highlight in this section that for some businesses and for some job roles, you will want to 
do background checks at this stage, okay? So we want to actually make sure that the person that we're speaking to is who they actually are. And of course, we want to do some referencing. So if you have a highly skilled based job or a highly skilled based role that you are hiring for, then you might want to speak to one of their previous employers to get a reference to, again, validate that they are, who they say they are, and they can do what they say they can do. Cool, that's point number seven. Number eight is trial slash onboarding. Now, in our business, the Affluent Agency, we always like to make sure we hire somebody based on a probational period. We're always trying to give someone a trial task as well. For example, if it's a graphic designer, I would like to give them a few uh, designs to create for us, first of all, to actually test that they actually are able and they have a good skill level, okay? Now, I would always recommend you doing such if your role allows you to do so, because just because someone says they can do something doesn't actually mean they can do it. So. Launch some kind of a trial task to your maybe top three applicants, and then you can pick someone based on whoever's the best. Apart from that, we obviously need to onboard the employee. So we need to create our contract, okay? There are loads of different websites online where you can create uh, employment contracts. I like to use lawdepot.com, I think it's .com. I'll put a link in the description so you can check that out. And then you will also want to host a team meeting to introduce this new team member to your team, get their email account set up, get them on your communication tool. If you're a virtual company, we like to use Slack. Of course, if you're in an office, just give them somewhere to sit and a desk. <laughs> uh, cool, so that it pretty much is onboarding. The onboarding process is something that it's very hard for me to go through right now because that differs so much from business to business. But in essence, you just need to give that person access to absolutely all of the necessary assets and of course, take them through your training process. Step number nine is the actual full-time offer. So once we've taken someone through a probational period, they've worked with us, okay, they've managed some of our clients, they've fulfilled services for us, we know they are a good fit then we're gonna offer them a full-time secure position within our business. Now, finally, we have step number 10. Now, this is actually probably one of the most important steps in this entire system, and that is documenting your lessons and documenting your findings. Because as a new start business owner, we don't get taught about hiring and recruitment in school or in college, okay? Maybe you've got a degree in business, but I certainly didn't learn about that. So when I hired someone for the first time, I made a lot of mistakes. And I knew instantly there were things that I needed to change, questions I wish I, wish I asked in the interview. Uh, trial periods I didn't have at the start, okay? And I, I wish I did that, okay? Probational periods, new contracts. And there are all these things and all these mistakes you make when you're first starting out. So it's very important you actually document those lessons as you are progressing through your hiring process. So every single time you hire a new person, that process becomes more and more solid. So make sure you document the entire process so you can improve your hiring system over time. And then eventually, when you delegate the responsibility of hiring to somebody else in your team, you will already have a bespoke hiring process for your company built around your skill set, built around your culture. Sweet, that's it guys. That is the 10-step hiring system. Let me know if you'd like me to elaborate on any of these points. Comment down below. And of course, if you comment within 24 hours, you will be entering our Roadmap to 10K Coaching Call giveaway. If you haven't done already, make sure you turn your notification bell on so you get notified every time we bring out new content. And I'll see you all soon. Cheers, guys.